0: You're listening to the Inner Process Podcast with your hosts, Mike Vaughn and Jason Van Ruhler. We're seasoned counselors and friends, and each episode, we discuss topics that help us live all around healthier lives. Listen in as we share personal stories, research, and our experiences as therapists. Thank you for joining us. So today, Jason and I are talking about conflict. He and I, as you guys know, are therapists, and we've both been at that for many years, and so we have done very many sessions of couples counseling. And so we try to take what we have learned through the years and distill that into what we think are the most salient points for how to really have healthy conflict in your relationships. And yes, you can have healthy conflict. And in fact, we think conflict is an important part of relationships. So if you'd like to hear more about that, keep listening. As always, we thank you for listening to this. And we're just so appreciative of that. We are trying to be helpful to as many people as we can. If you are being helped by this podcast, we would ask that you please leave us a review somewhere, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, if you wouldn't mind, tell a friend or two about our podcast. That is our way of doing marketing and getting our name out about the podcast. Thanks so much. Well, today we are talking about conflict. And as we start this, I probably should say that well, I think a lot of the things that we talk about today would have application to conflict in all different kinds of relationships because there's conflict in all relationships. I think today you know what you are our- <laughs> you know what you did Jason you know Jason why and I have been about this today we've been fighting since yeah eight a m this morning so we know we know all about this, but today we're talking actually about this within the context of our romantic relationships, and so we hope we can no matter where you're at relationship-wise and um, what type of relationship you can take something from that. So, yes, we know some things about conflict. Jason and I do, I think, right? Do we? In relationships. Is it
1: experience? Yeah. Have, have you ever been in a fight, Mike?
0: Back in grade school and maybe in junior high, I can't remember. I've done some good shoving matches. So okay. nothing too much more than that. I'm not much of a fighter per se, I guess. Not a bare-knuckle brawler. Oh, that was never my thing. I did thing. think that of
1: you, so you're not. I know, okay. you thought,
0: I know, gotcha. right? But so some shoving, that's yeah. about probably the extent of it. How what, about you? What led to the shoving? What were you trying to get out of it? I don't remember. That um, was So it was that important? Too, it was that critical, yes. And I'm sure it seems it was like there's some
1: sort of, I don't know, some sort of like message in that, or I, I don't know, Takeaway from that. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. At no. All. No. no,
0: no. We don't do that. We don't do deeper takeaways from everyday experiences. (laughs) That's That's not where we operate. No. No, no, no.
1: All right. So some shoving. So you're not an established fighter like myself.
0: Not like you. Yeah. I think, I think as people hear you throughout the podcast, they're going to come to understand that. Yes, you are an established fighter.
1: Yeah. They know that underneath this facade of being a middle-aged man and khaki pants that
0: Midwesterner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: actually, I'm a brawler, you know, and I'm okay
0: admitting that for once. Well, you do have a bit of a story around that, though.
1: I do. Well, as you know, I've been uh, training uh, with my son and trying to get better at all these things, actually grappling and fighting. And so I know I've Mm -hmm. told you this before, but I had been training for a long time. And the goal when we would box with the trainer was to try to hit the trainer. So we would spar. and, And my goal was just like, if I could land one shot, this would be awesome. And so one day I kind of got particularly into it and I I was actually even just a little frustrated because it had been a long time. And so I swung and it was a pretty good hit and I I hit him in the face. And Mm. what was great about this is that my trainer is, you know, like 10 times bigger than me. Mm. And so he, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but like it stops and I'm, I'm not a fighter. So I'm like, I'm sorry. So I I would be the worst (laughs) MMA fighter ever because I actually hit
0: him and I'm like, I'm sorry. I love it. I love that you apologize in the midst of, yeah. <laughs> and he fight. just, he Perfect. looks at me
1: and he says, well, you finally landed a shot. Now it's my turn. Uh-oh. Yeah. Terror. It was like the best yeah. moment ever. I was, I was on the top of a mountain because I'd finally yeah. done this and it was immediately followed by this punch has consequences.
0: Did you take off and start running at that point? I or attempted did to, but he caught me.
1: I just, I yeah, could not get very far. Couldn't get away. No. And I think that's kind of what we do in fights sometimes, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we just trade yeah. jabs until we finally land one, and then we go, oh, crap.
0: That's exactly right. And then you either have that choice. Uh, well, I mean, what happens, I think, is then the other person, just like he did, is like, oh, okay, you landed. Well, good. Now it's my turn. That's never fun. That I,
1: I don't know who likes fun. to hear that. I don't like to hear that.
0: No, I think, and that's really, we're laughing about running away, but in that moment then, okay, so now we're squared off. What are our choices here, right? So we hang in there, we stay with it, and then we just, we go back and forth, but that's the escalation piece that we don't want. Right. Or we run, but running either induces the other person, as did with you, to run after, chase, tackle, and keep fighting, or... You suspend the operations at that moment, right? But the thing's not finished. No, unfortunately, it's just building that latent energy that at whatever point you come back around to one another, now all of a sudden, like that thing's still there. Yeah.
1: So what do you do? I mean, obviously, you don't run. That doesn't help anything.
0: Yeah. I think it starts back with you're in a struggle, you have a disagreement, you're not agreeing with your spouse or partner on something. I think the key is to be able to not land that first punch in the way that we're talking about it, right? You can, the little analogy breaks down here, I think, but you certainly can say your disagreements, you can talk about where you differ, but I think the key is not to say or do the thing that escalates the conflict, right? And that's the way we can have struggle between us and not have it escalate to the point then where now it becomes unhealthy. Because I think today you and I are talking about conflict and we're coming at it from the perspective of it can be healthy. In fact, I think it's important in a relationship to have conflict, right? That's how we really get to know one another sometimes, I think, because those Mm -hmm. things that you're willing to really stand your ground on, listen, that is tapping into probably that deeper you, but that energy can't get converted. I know I said this to you before we started into that escalatory behavior, the character assassinations, the accusations, the things that land that punch, so to speak. I don't know if you see that or you agree with that. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think, you know, and especially being a Midwestern guy, um, we're we're not hugely conflict oriented. So we would just as soon hate you quietly as have a conflict. So I think for us, what I see a lot in couples is a lot of couples go, well, we never fight. So that must be good. Right. We're doing great because we haven't had an argument for a long time.
0: Right. It
1: actually isn't that great because then what happens is that when they do have one, the whole world kind of falls apart.
0: Right. I couldn't agree with that more. In fact, one of the things that I tell couples oftentimes is I'm just as worried about the couples who don't have conflict as I am the ones that have the bigger, more negative, volatile conflicts. You know, those are bad. But for the couples that don't have conflict, that internal disagreement, that internal negative energy is still there. It doesn't mean that it's not, it doesn't dissipate it and it just builds. And what happens, I don't know if you've found this to be true, but in the couples that I've worked with that fall into the no conflict style, what happens is they just, like you said, the hate you quietly piece, then they just back up from one another. They just back up and back up and back up. And so then they come into the office and yeah, they haven't had the knockdown type of arguments, but at the same time, they're wildly disconnected as well. So I think when we're looking at both sides of this, it is both sides. It is both conflict can be healthy and you need to do it. And when you do it though, it needs to not reach those unhealthy levels, that volatility Mm -hmm. like we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Could not agree more. I think when I see the couples that don't ever fight, I call them internal bleeders. Because the mm, thing is, is like there's still damage there. You just can't see it as readily, but it's that's still good. there. It's not that it's gone away somehow. So then I think what you're saying is we have to have some sort of balance, right? We need to right. have conflict, but not too much conflict. So how do you talk to people about identifying when to have conflict?
0: I think that oftentimes... We know when we need to say something. And so whether we do or we don't, I know that's a little bit of what you and I are talking about today, but when you come upon something that you disagree with your spouse or partner over, or if it's another type of relationship even, I think most of the time we should probably voice that. Okay. Now there is an art in the discretion of you don't have to voice every disagreement you oh. have with oh. every person now in your you life. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Yeah. You probably should have known this a long time ago. Yes. Now you so. don't have to do that. Okay. So there is a little bit of an art to that. I think, and I will talk to couples about that and good couples who have had long standing, healthy relationships. Listen, they have figured out where that line is of, you know, this is something that I need to address versus this is not something I need to address. Usually what I tell couples about that is, if you come upon something that you disagree with your spouse over and it causes some sort of internal response, okay, you can just note that and observe it. If you come upon that thing again, it's probably worth bringing up. Okay. If it's a one-time thing, then maybe it's a you thing. Maybe you're in an off day, you know, whatever. And that might not be something that you need to put forth. But anything more than that, and it's probably worth mentioning. And so that's sometimes how I help people discover where that line is, because I do think there is something to that. Yeah. Totally
1: agree. And I I like the idea of waiting to kind of see if it sticks. You know, I I think we don't want to be too reactive because that reaction often isn't going to lead to our our best conversations. But if it comes up, the other thing that I tell people is I think it's okay to be annoyed with your partner. You know, there's like this whole spectrum of anger. And I think some of us wait until it's at 10 to then talk to our partner. Um, You can say like, hey, I'm at a three. You're annoying today. Like, I think that's fair. Really? Yeah. We, I don't know. That's what we do. Honestly, we, we say that Jody, Jody says it more than I do,
0: but uh, <laughs> really that's shocking that that would be yeah, true. That is right. weird. Isn't it? Yeah. I agree with that. I think that that is how we, so to speak, keep the shelf clean as we go along in the relationship instead of things building. But, you know, let's, talk about this from the other side for a minute. So if we're going to be present like that with one another, I think it is also critical to know how to do that Mm -hmm. because you're saying, which I love, you know, sometimes I think the way we go about these conversations is wrong and bad and unhealthy because we have waited until we've gotten to the 10. Yep. So on the other side of that, though, if we're going to start doing this more as we go, it's critical to do it in the right way. Otherwise, in that very moment, it's going to go to 10, even if it starts at a 2, if that yep. makes sense. and so, Yeah, it's you know, all about the package, I think. It is. And so we just want to work at it from both angles. And I don't know about you, but this is a very counselor thing to advise and say. So we can go ahead and laugh about this at the start, but it makes a difference. And that is, if you're going to say something that you're disagreeing about, or even like to your point, that you're not thrilled with with your partner, Please do not start with why don't you ever yeah. or you always <laughs> are these, you know, not only the why is and the what I always always, 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 always with always, always do always that.
1: Lead yeah. that. I never don't lead with that. Actually,
0: <laughs> Sometimes couples will get me and they're like, you know, listen, I get it. You're a counselor. You have to say that. But I say, no, really, if you just change the beginning of these statements, it actually does make a difference. Yeah. So instead of why don't you ever just say, you know, in my opinion, you don't do this. I could be wrong here, but this is what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, or just I and, didn't even notice it today. Even if you just yes. keep it about exactly what's happening, you know, in this moment, I'm not
0: noticing that, or in this moment, this is what's going on. Yes. makes it small. It makes it small. It, to your point, it makes it about that moment versus this bigger kitchen sink categorical thing that has been going on historically for years, and they don't have much choice but to be defensive when they hear that. And what we're really talking about, I think, is, sending and receiving in such a way that we don't induce that defensiveness, right? That we can actually hear one another in our disagreement. Because if you can do that, the positivity ironically stays at a healthy level yeah. and you can actually get through it. And I think that's where couples can wrestle and struggle and actually grow from that experience, which is what we want.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's all in delivery. And I think that's where some of us are kind of heavy handed and it, it gets yeah. us in trouble. You know, I think about, you got kiddos too, and, and so you probably know this, but I'm always trying to get my kids to take this vitamin C stuff that we have. And it's like this weird goo because of course, you know, it's like the organic, super healthy.
0: No, that's shocking to hear you say that. Yeah. 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 So
1: we, we got to try to give it to them, but they won't, even though it's good for them, they won't just take it because it's not really palatable. And so we actually put it in like a juice or water or something like that to make the delivery a little bit easier. And I think this is what we're talking about with our partner is you you might have like great helpful stuff to share with them. But if I just give them that pack of vitamin C and say, have at it, like they're not going to like that.
0: That's great. I think that is so much what it is. It's just finding the tool that helps it go down more easily. And in that way, it really is healthy. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think to be aware of that I always talk about, well, can I say always? <laughs> you just did. I don't know.
1: Isn't it funny when you, when you start to say things? Okay. I always tell clients I, never say, but, uh, and then I'm like, but sometimes we do. And then they're always like,
0: oh. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. Okay, so I often (laughs) will say and work with couples on the beginning part of that process, right? So when we are triggered, if we are otherwise kind of emotionally flooded, which we know is that fight or flight response, listen, something deeper is going on there. And so I often will help couples figure out, well, what is that wound that's getting hit? And the way that works out in practical everyday life is if something is irritating me, maybe not at the irritation level, but if I'm getting triggered by something, I need to know what is that wound that's getting triggered, right? Am I feeling inadequate? Am I feeling inferior? Am I taking a worth hit somewhere along the way? Do I feel like my value is being assessed? These types of deeper things that really, I think, are probably the deepest parts of what cause our arguments to really go off track, right? Because I'm going to get very defensive in that moment. So either I bring it up in that state, which isn't healthy, or in the midst of a conflict, I get triggered. And so then it's going to go to that. Place. And so I just, I think it's good for all of us to know what those words are for ourselves, because then we can spot that in the midst of conflict and then know when we need to take our breaks. Definitely.
1: Unfortunately, it's sometimes unpopular, I think, to say this, but really our own personal development and self-awareness is probably paramount in doing conflict well. Yeah. Because if we don't have that and we don't have that ability to kind of do what you said and identify those wounds and, and what's triggering to us. We're just kind of walking around blindly until someone accidentally bumps something. And so I know it's often like we want to blame our partner or say, well, if they just had more awareness and, and the truth is oftentimes we have to start with ourselves because if we did, we could probably communicate in a more direct way that we could actually do something with.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think what it will always, I'll use that word now, come back to is the personal responsibility piece. Like I have Mm -hmm. to figure out my side of the street before I can go venturing into the other side. Mm -hmm. We just have to do that. It's, it's difficult though, I think in the midst of conflict, because we can quickly get to that place where we feel, I don't know that it's that we feel like a victim, but we at least, you know, we feel injured in some way. Mm -hmm. And so then I think that that naturally keeps us from taking that step back and owning, okay, wait a minute, what's really going on here?
1: Yeah. It doesn't what's mean those feelings me? are invalid or that you're not injured. No. It just
0: means what's up with me first. Right. Exactly. That's the sequence. Yeah. It's just difficult to do that and that often is where I will talk with couples about the physiology of this. I mean, which is a very real thing. Like when you recognize your internal system starting to get heated up, you need to be very careful that you might not need to take a break and do some breathing and let the system come back down because if you get close to that fight or flight response, guess what you're gonna do? And you know, that's an actual brain blood flow issue. And so couples will often, and I've done this too, of course, try to keep having a frontal lobe conversation when their frontal lobe is offline and it's not gonna work. I mean, it is is year olds at that point, And we've all Which been I there.
1: love. Those are my favorite to I watch. know you love the not my favorite though. to be in, but my favorite to watch <laughs> when it gets to that
0: point. I know it's not good. And that's why people circle back around after those types of conflicts and they say, man, what the heck, what was going on? And it's just, it really is a physiology issue. A wound gets triggered. We get into that fight or flight response and then we go young and that's not going to work out well. Anyone who's raised kids knows, Hey, that doesn't look good. And it doesn't look good on a kid, but I'll tell you what, its worse. nothing's worse than a 45 year old, 10 year old. Right. Like that? Have you ever had those?
1: I know I've had those moments where like, yes, all of a sudden like the spell wears off and it's just like, now I'm normal, Jason, again. And I'm like, what just happened? You know, it's like you're waking up hungover and someone's like, do you remember what you did last night? And you're like, I have no idea. (laughs) They're like, it was bad. It was real
0: bad. This is the reason I instituted for myself a no email policy in the midst of those moments. And I have stuck to it, but it took a number of years because, and this is even worse, if you think saying something in that 10-year-old place is bad, let alone writing it down and sending it to that, someone that worse. and to be kept for posterity's <laughs> sake, you're saying when the spell wears off and the blood flow increases, and then you see that email, it is, man, that, that is a leveling experience. I've and saved I, all you know, of yours. If you're wondering, I've saved every <laughs> time you've done it. We're going to publish those in book form. Like, <laughs> Here's Mike, once again, doing his 10 year old, but I it is because you, you didn't mean it, you know, you didn't mean
1: it, you don't, but it's just, it's out of that place. And then the problem is sometimes we cause damage. That's just very difficult to repair.
0: It is, which is ironic because often we don't mean it at least not in that way or at that level. We don't mean those things often, you know, there are parts of that that are true that we do want to convey. That probably are the healthy parts, but we do it in such a manner that, yes, to your point, we may not be able to repair it with a person because of simply the way we approached it may be enough that that person sets that boundary.
1: I always think about, uh, there's this comedian, John Mulaney, and I really like him, and he's got this bit about how kids are like the worst bullies because all of their insults are so specifically targeted to our worst fears and things we're most self-conscious about. It's so true. And I think in those moments when we become the kid, like you're saying, we might have somewhat of a point, but unfortunately, it's often the most targeted, most hurtful stuff that we could say because that's just where we're at. And so we're not thinking about consequences and, and we kind of put these harsh things out that then when it wears off, we're like, man, I can't believe I said that. You know, there's maybe a grain of truth to that, but it was magnified in the way I discussed it. Now what?
0: Right. I think that's it. And that's why these tools that we're talking about are so important. And they may seem simple, but they are really critical because for conflicts to be healthy, and it is when done well and done in a healthy manner, we have to be really aware of what's going on inside us and then how we do what we do with one another. And, you know, if it goes off track, which of course it's going to sometimes, I think we have to know when to exit stage left. Like you've got to be able to get out of there.
1: Absolutely. So I know we've covered kind of some good ground about just generally conflict, what we want to do, some different approaches and strategies. But if you could leave everyone with just one practical thing. So if you were going to give them one thing to say, just if you do nothing else, try to do this, what would that be?
0: In the midst of being triggered or even just in the midst of something that you disagree with your spouse that you want to bring up, watch the language that you use. Watch the way that you approach it. If you can approach it well, most of the time, you're going to get somewhere with your conflict. And if you can't, have the awareness to know that that's not the time to bring it up would be the way I would disseminate that probably and distill it. How about you?
1: I think I would just say, keep it about today. If you have a conflict and it's always just about what's presently happening, the chances are small enough you're going to work through it. I think the yeah. minute that we start to stack it up bigger than one day, our likelihood of resolving that gets a lot lower.
0: Very good. I totally agree with that.
1: Well, this is good stuff today, man. I, I feel better. I'm, we're still going to fight when we get done. But yeah, I mean, we're going to get I,
0: off and we're going to bare knuckle brawl, but that's okay.
1: Just know though if I land a punch I'm going to apologize. So I mean that's that's
0: something. You'll apologize and then you'll run and I'll have to tackle you but that's okay. That's I've learned nothing. I've learned nothing so far. <laughs> nothing so far.
1: Well, we hope that everyone else learns something today. This is an important topic and I know that we joke about it. But truly yeah. in our romantic relationships, I mean that relationship is of the utmost importance to us. And so when there's conflict, yeah. even though it's funny, it often is really scary and it throws us off. And so Our hope today is that some of this stuff makes you think, maybe makes you pause and approach it a little bit differently. As always, we thank you for listening and can't wait to talk to you next time. Mike and I would also like to ask that if you've been enjoying the podcast, could you share it with a friend? We've loved getting all the feedback and comments thus far. Thanks.